Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. ESPN Audio and SC Featured presents a 16-episode podcast, Pin Kings. It's the story of two All-American high school wrestlers, teammates, and friends who ultimately ended up on the opposite sides of the war on drugs. Pin Kings is for mature audiences. Welcome to Episode 7, College. Say you have a wild horse. I mean, you want to put the bridle on it, you want to calm it down, and you want to train it. You don't want to break his spirit. This is Kevin Pedersen. And I think Alex was that kind of a person. And wrestling was perfect for him because he could channel all that energy and all that strength and all that anxiety that might boil over elsewhere and put it right into wrestling practice on a daily basis and then go out and compete on a mat. So I think that for him, if I'm analyzing, would be you know, that, that corral that kept him from going crazy. And I think if you take that corral away, there might be a problem. Kevin and Alex were best friends. Champion wrestling buddies. The heydays of Miami. Alex DeCubis was clearly a kingpin. It's a, it's a tragic story. The less you know, the more you leave. I wanted to take out the biggest drug dealers. If they were catching him, he's going away for the rest of his life. If they don't kill him when they try to capture him. Could you imagine if Kevin has to shoot Alex? He's a sworn federal agent for a drug enforcement agency. Evil goes to jail, or evil ends up dead. Welcome to SC Featured's podcast, Pin Kings. I'm John Fish, a producer for ESPN. And my name is Brett Forrest. I'm a senior writer at ESPN The Magazine. John, at the end of the last episode, Kevin and Alex had just left Palmetto High School in Miami as state champion wrestlers. As folkloric, heroic figures. Yeah, I mean, a lot of adulation there. And now we're going to follow them through a pivotal part of their story. For Kevin, his next steps were clear. Wrestling was going to be my meal ticket to college. I knew what college I wanted to attend from early on in life. And so that was my goal. I wanted to go to West Point. I had a, a poster of the United States Military Academy campus above my bed since I can remember. I had a keen sense of desire to serve my country, to serve others. In my mind as a young man, I was either going to be a firefighter or a policeman or a soldier. There was a crazy idea of being a long haul trucker just so I could be by myself because I was so introverted. But I just grew up with a keen sense of wanting to do for others and I wanted to serve my country. What attracted you to West Point? Duty, honor, country. I always wanted to be a military leader. I always wanted to lead men. The jeeps and the machine guns and, the, and I'm sure my dad being in the military had something to do with it. The military is safe, it's organized, it's structured, uh, it's a command structure, kind of the way I was raised. And I knew that if I went to West Point, it's a dang good school. It would help me throughout the course of my life 
you're to help make me a leader, and they pay you to go there. And all those were very attractive to me. Kevin entered West Point his freshman year or plebe year in the fall of 1976. He was on the wrestling team, slotted in at 118 pounds. How did the level compare to what you were used to in high school? It was tough, but, but I, I figured I'd, I'd be on a team, no problem. In the intensely competitive, highly structured military environment, Kevin quickly realized that he had plenty of other things to worry about besides wrestling. And, and you know, it's interesting because Kevin, Kevin was always this, this kid who was very, very sure about what he wanted, very clear in, in the path he was going to take to get there. But now, you know, he's, he's really facing his first seemingly insurmountable challenge of life. The hazing was terrible. I was failing academically. And in those days, the military academy was overstrength. It was well known and published that if you failed one class, you were going to be thrown out. Some of these kids from the Northeast were so far ahead of me academically that I was at the bottom of the totem pole. We were all graded on a curve. So you're graded against your, your fellow students, your fellow cadets. And I'm finding myself at the bottom of the curve. And in one class in particular, I was in what's called the ejection seat. The person with the lowest grade point average is in the last seat of the last section. And I was in that seat going into the final exam. And I couldn't fathom the thought of failing. And so I really had a dilemma. Do I quit now before I get tossed out? Well, West Point's plebe year, it's not like a normal freshman year of college right. that most people right. are familiar with. Yeah. It's extremely difficult. It's grueling. The bugle goes off. He's got wrestling to worry about. He's got his plebe requirements to worry about. And, you know, the, there's a there's a tradition of the upperclassmen really, really sticking it to the, the plebes. And the academics are very, very difficult. Yeah. So this really poses some challenges for Kevin. I'm being told every day, you know, you're a piece of whatever because you're a plebe. So that was a breaking point for me, um, and I wanted to quit. Um, I was going to quit. I, I remember I called two people. We weren't allowed to get the pay phones at a certain period of time anyway. I called my dad first. I said, Dad, I, I think I'm going to quit. And my dad said, well, you can quit, but you can't come home. So that caused me to think. I said, well, <laughs> at least they're feeding me here. Probably a good place to stay. Then I called Coach Zimbra, and he said, Kevin, you're where you need to be. You know that. You just need to suck it up. Kevin had to find his own way. I couldn't face the thought of failure. They broke me during that period of time. Every cadet goes in there. You're at the top of your class. You're at the top of your game. And they want to very quickly get you to know that you're smack. They want to break you down. They break you down. In order to survive, Kevin had to make a really difficult decision. So he meets with the West Point wrestling coach, and he quits the team. I needed to graduate from West Point, and I knew if I tried to keep wrestling, it wasn't going to happen because there was no extras. How did losing wrestling affect your life? It's like uh, ripping part of your heart out. You move away from home. You're not wrestling and you're being told you're a loser. <laughs> and you're failing academically. That was one of the lowest points of my life. And maybe that's the, the system there was designed for that. Thank God, in that ejection seat class, they give you the best professor. But he helped me. 
ended up with a C and got through the class. And that was a big moment for me because by the time the second semester of my freshman year started, I started really growing in leaps and bounds. It was almost like, okay, the wrestling's gone. It's not coming back. So we're through that. Now let's move forward. While Kevin is dealing with these challenges at West Point, Alex, on the other hand, he shows up for his freshman year on the campus of the University of Georgia in Athens, a very different place. Well, it's wild when you think about it because all the efforts that go into college recruiting these days, especially at a Southeastern Conference school like the University of Georgia. But George Reed, who was the coach at the University of Georgia at the time, never even met Alex's parents. He, he recruited Alex to Cubis sight unseen. Yeah, I mean, one of Reed's assistants was the guy who recruited Alex out of Miami. But Reed, the, the head coach, I mean, he gave Alex a scholarship, a full ride to an SEC school without even seeing as much as a home movie the kid wrestle. I really didn't know what I was getting. This is George Reed. You know, I knew he had a good record. I knew he was a two-time state champion. Uh, when we first started practicing and I saw him wrestle, I realized that Alex was a good wrestler pretty, pretty much almost instantly. And I said, this kid's going to be pretty good. And I got a good find here. Well, it was a good pickup because during that freshman year, Alex left no doubt that this had been a great decision. Right. He has a fantastic year. And even though the competition was different, as a freshman, he was still amazing. Coach Reed was thrilled. He was tough. I mean, he was, he was tenacious. Uh, he didn't want to lose. Uh, very physical. You know, he, he was thick. He was a strong kid. On his feet, he was extremely hard to take down because he, he was so strong. His hips were so strong. On bottom, he was almost impossible to hold down. He just, he just exploded out of the bottom, and I can remember many times in the practice room, he would call me over to wrestle him on top position. He'd be down, I'd be on top position, because most of the guys in the room couldn't ride him, and I could. So he wanted, he wanted the challenge of trying to get out from me riding him. After he, ground, he would grind and grind and grind, and he was always in good shape. So, you know, he was a, he was a very good wrestler. At the SEC Championships, at the end of the season... Alex ends up, ends up, he finishes third in his weight class very, as a freshman. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Here's Coach Reed again. He did whatever it was that I would ask of him as far as an athlete. He worked hard. He never missed practice. You know, he was a leader in the room, you know, and, and kids looked up to him. That's the type of person he was. He wouldn't quit on you. You know, no matter what the situation was. I had the greatest respect for, you know, for what he did for me and what he did for the program. It's clear that Alex was dedicated to wrestling at Georgia. He loved it. He put in the effort. He was there mentally well, and physically. When we were on Athens, it, you know, when we were on the campus in, in Athens, you saw the headlines. He, yeah. He, they're, they're there. Yeah, we went to the college paper there. The red, the, and the, the red and the black. The red and the black. We went through the papers from that year. And, yeah, I mean, there are plenty of headlines with DeCubis' name in it from the 70s. Matt Men successful again. Matt Men, that's right. So he was he was clearly dedicated to, to wrestling that year, that freshman year. But, you know, he's also a college kid. He's away from home for the first time. And, and he seemed to have another interest 
that bordered on dedication. As with any college student, you know, you can be a little wild. And I think Alex was a little wild. Maybe that comes from Miami area. How did you know about this as a coach? Word gets around, you know, that, you know, the, the boys are out getting a little crazy. Some college wrestlers tend to have a bit of a reputation. The fact that they they're can, the tough guys it, on campus. The fact that they can take down anybody on campus gives them that license. Yeah, and Alex, his freshman year, he definitely operated under that license. Here's an anecdote from Alex's friend, Scott Sharaus, about George's, get this, poultry sciences department. They had a uh, program there of breeding pigs to, I think, you know, to try and sort of a eugenics thing of breeding the perfect pig for different, more pork. And they broke into the barn where they're keeping the pigs and wrestled out a 300-pound pig. And they shoved it into the trunk and the car bouncing down the road on the way home for the barbecue. This is how Brett Moses remembers it. Well, it started off with us stealing a hog from the poultry sciences to roast out of this trailer. So we go and we steal this thing and we put it in the back of the car and we thought it knocked, we knocked it out and it starts jumping all around. So one guy just came in and, and pointed a gun in the trunk and a rifle and shot it, which how it didn't hit the gas tank and blow the whole car up, I don't know. But So we get the hog back to the trailer and then we realize, well, damn, we don't, we don't really have any beer. Somebody came up with the idea, so we went to this fraternity house where we always knew they would have parties. It was a football weekend. We spotted their spare keg, and we picked two guys to start a diversion and start fighting in the middle of the party. So everybody runs over is watching, and while they're doing it, a couple other of us, we grab the spare keg and put it in the car. From the stories that we heard, and we, we heard a lot of them from, from people who went to college with Alex. Brett Moses was, was a wrestler at Georgia and a Miami-born wrestler. He didn't go to the yeah. same high school, but he was a Miami wrestler as well. So he is someone that matriculated up there. Yeah, yeah, and he told us a lot of stories, and, and uh, not just him, but but others. And, and they always told us, they all told us that, you know, Alex was really the instigator of a lot of this uh, mayhem that was going on on campus. You know, there, there's a story of Alex and all of his guys coming up to this fraternity. You know, Alex is saying, bring me your your biggest, baddest dude. And, you know, he's, he's going one-on-one with this guy. And this is something that he... He seemed to do with some regularity. Here's uh, Alex's friend, Scott Sharaus. It's hard to pinpoint why Alex was such a wild guy, but he found humor in a lot of things. And even if, if it was walking in and stealing a keg, if it, that turned into a fist fight, he could pretty much laugh his way through that. Well, Alex could bench press 300 pounds. His legs were the size of tree trunks. He was fearless. And even at a school that would later go on, a few years later, to win the national title with Herschel Walker, SEC Power, Alex established a reputation for himself. Here's Brett Moses again, another Georgia teammate and a Miami guy. Everybody liked Alex, respected him, and knew he was the craziest thing that ever the, the football players called him the crazy Cuban. They all were convinced that he was the craziest, nuttiest guy that ever there's a great story about Vince Dooley. Now, Dooley, uh, if you remember, he was the legendary football coach at Georgia who had taken over at that point as athletic director. There's a statue for Vince Dooley. Yeah, okay, <laughs> right. Brett Moses tells the story. We'd all been up in the wrestling room training and running, so we get in, walk in the wrestling locker room, and they always 
There always would be trainers and people in our lockers from football, which would kind of annoy us because we figured it was kind of disrespectful, but we let it roll well. We walk in the wrestling locker room, and there's this big blackboard with football plays. And Alex kids, what is this doing here? And, you know, we kind of took it as another intrusion on us, like where we didn't matter. So Alex gets two guys to hold each side of the blackboard, and he goes running full speed ahead and hits it with his head. And he backs up again and does again. And about the third time, it cracked a little bit. So he starts punching through it. So there's a hole in this blackboard. So Alex gets dressed and most everybody leaves. And in walks Vince Dooley and his running backs and stuff. And he walks up and he looks at the blackboard and he goes, Who did this? And he looks at me and I go, I don't know. Wasn't me. And when he like takes his head, he like looks through the hole and I'm going, what are we proving here? And he looks at us and he goes, somebody's going to pay for this. That doesn't all this sound pretty different from the life Kevin Pedersen was leading at West Point. Alex and Kevin, upon getting out of high school, were on very divergent paths. This is Scott Schrauss. West Point, rural Georgia, army structure, craziness in Athens, and those paths continued to get further and further apart. They had similarities. Kevin channeled his into structured, normal activities in the Army and succeeding within that world. And Alex became wilder and wilder and, and further away from that sort of norm. You know, John, in Alex's sophomore year at Georgia, he comes back to campus with serious expectations. Well, he really wanted to make the Olympics. That was a that was a goal that he had set for himself. For Coach Reed, for Alex, he was one of the guys that was a leader on the team even as a sophomore. And when they would be at practice, they'd be very difficult practices, they would have a drill. It's sometimes called King of the Hill, other times called Bull in the Ring. But a guy stands in the middle. You would have one person who's in, in the ring there, and then, you know, other people keep coming in. This is Coach Reed. And the idea is to, you know, keep giving you a fresh body to try and wear you out and so forth. So you have to stay tough and you have to stay mentally tough and you, you'd be in fatigue and you have to, you know, keep your technique and that kind of stuff as long as you possibly can. How good was Alex at that drill in comparison to his teammates? Oh, he's very good. He, he'd been there a long time. When Alex was in there, you know, his defense was very good also. He had a good offense, he had a good defense, so he'd be hard to take down. So in order to take his spot in that ring, you got to take him down. Well, he's hard to take down. He had really thick, powerful hips and legs. I mean, he, so he was hard to take down. So he would, he would be in there for a long time. He was a good wrestler, you know. He, he was in there and he... he he was, he was tough. If you're a competitor, you don't want anybody to knock you out. And Alex is in the ring. He doesn't want anybody to take him down. He wants to go through the whole team, you know, and to go through them again, you know, and, and stay out there as long as he possibly can because that's the object is, you know, if, if you're the one who's in there, you're superior. And, you know, we all want to be that. And Alex is included. He, he, he wanted to win. So and anything he did... If you were out there and going against them, he wanted to beat you. And that's the way he should be. During one of these drills, one of these bull in the ring, 
King of the Hill drills, Alex's sophomore year, something went very wrong. You got to imagine Alex is in there. He's he's uh, he's he wants to stay in there as long as he can. He's beating everybody. He's beating everybody. He's he's getting fatigued. And at one point, one of his teammates shoots for his legs. Alex moves to counter that move. Alex's foot gets caught in the mat, and he tears the meniscus in one of his knees. Such a small tear, but it would have an enormous impact on Alex's life. Thank you for listening to the SC Featured Podcast, Pin Kings. You can follow Pin Kings on Twitter at ESPN Pin Kings. That's at ESPN Pin Kings. A preview of the next episode follows this message. Next on Pin Kings, Episode 8, El Tigre. I remember they called us from the store, the police department called. He wanted us to shave his head. And we shaved his head, and he started getting very emotional. He had some good friends at Georgia. He was spiraling into crazier and crazier stuff that only a couple of guys would be part of. So he kind of like said, screw it. I'm going to live my life. And he told me he, was a, he didn't care if he lived or died. Don't miss an episode. You can listen and subscribe to the Pin Kings podcast in the ESPN app or download and listen on Apple Podcasts.